Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Wow. I am Lisa Linky. I am one half of your co-captains on your journey into self-help genres. And across <laughs> from me, across town, across the Ethernet, on my laptop, I get to see her gorgeous face, is your other co-host and co-captain on this journey into self-help genres. Misty Stinnett, what Hello. a goddamn delight. Thank it's you. nice to have you back. I missed you uh, when I had uh, our special guest, Andy Enninger, on. Mm-hmm. We missed you dearly, but I'm so glad you are back, baby. Mm-hmm. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Where the hell have you been? You're in the, <laughs> you have walked into the cool party on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. This is not the one that you walk into and you're sad about and you're calculating how long you have to stay before you can leave. No, no. This is the party where you're like, where have I been? <laughs> we read and review a popular or classic or maybe off the wall self-help book every Friday and tell you the tips, the tricks, the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the yabies, the boobies, all of the all of the stuff. <laughs> um, it's under an boobies. hour. <laughs> I know you do. In under an hour so that you'll know whether or not this is something you should invest your time and energy and money into, or if this book is not for you and that's okay, or oh, yeah. it's not for anybody and it should be avoided <laughs> at all costs. As one listener put it, Throwing peanut butter into the cogs of normally normal yeah into people. the gears of normal into people's the gears lives of normal people's lives oh, I um, love that we we can't tell you everything so you'll have to support the author and buy the book if it interests you and piques your interest and we cuss because it's an explicit podcast and sometimes we're just like fucking blown away at the sheer <laughs> mundacity of people or atrocity or caucasity we can't we can't all stop the acidies. All the acidies. And on Tuesday, we have our follow-up episode, which is lovingly referred to as our weekly beefs, where we explore all of the other elements of self-help, whether it be articles or trivia Mm. or guest interviews or thought-provoking questions. There's just so much to talk about. We can't squeeze it into one episode a week. No, we have to. And then... If you are further interested, we will assign homework at the end of each episode of a full book review. And on our Patreon, you can find us, Patreon slash Go Help Yourself. We will do homework and then we will talk about it, what we call our deep dives. And those are video episodes where we get real intimate and, and talk honestly and openly about how trying these, trying these affects us, trying these self-help advice or tricks, advice, whatever it is. And although homework is like the least sexy word on the planet, what it Not really you, is is like it's us trying to die. Yeah, yeah, I love homework. I'm that person. But it's us trying to dive into the philosophy and the actually seeing if it improves our lives or not. And, you know, gets real crazy and personal. We've talked, we've cried on the the deep dive episodes. And that's a video episode. It's an unedited conversation. And yeah. 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 And then if you're an LLL, which is a longtime loyal listener, or just a brand new tiny pocket friend, we're glad you're here. And there's also merch. You can also find merch. All of that will be in show notes below. But whoo, I plowed through that bad boy. Dude, Lisa, really you nailed happy. it. I tried my best. I tried my hardest and I tried my best. And sometimes that's enough. You did your best. That was great. <laughs> I keep thinking back to the episodes where you were like, 
I can't do the intro right. I don't know. And then you're like, the ups, the downs, the yabies, the boobies. And I'm like, Jesus I had to manhandle Christ. it and make it my own. It was so good. Just to timestamp this episode, it's January 21, 21. Oh, it is us. one, two, mm-hmm. one, two, one. It's a palindrome. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. And we're one feeling good. Uh, we really, uh, yesterday was a, a wonderful day and we feel It great. was the inauguration of Joseph Robinette Biden Thank as you. the junior. president. Yes, yes. Yeah, junior here in the U.S. And also, we just want to thank everybody who has become a patron on our Patreon so far because it. we love you. It's been so much fun to already start chatting with you and sharing things with you and be on the message board. So thank you so much to all of our co-hosts, our tiny pocket friends, and our LLLs, baby. Thank you. Well, Uh, with that, Misty, you got a book this week. Do I ever? And by the way, it's funny because I I know I just took a, a week off of recording while Andy was here, but I feel like we haven't done this in a really long time. Like I'm really excited to be across from you. And we're recording this at almost 8.30 at night after a long day. And a long we're week. raring to go. We're raring to go. I ate a pint of Ben & Jerry's brownie batter ice cream uh, for dinner. Oh. So this week, I am bringing you the number one Amazon bestseller, The Mastery of Love, A Practical Guide to the Art of Relationship, a Toltec Wisdom Book by Don Miguel Ruiz and Janet Mills. Okay. Now... We all know Don Miguel Ruiz from The Four Agreements, which you mm-hmm. and I co-hosted. We we covered that book together. Super short and sweet book, and we loved it. And okay, so he's written another one with a with a woman. Actually, Janet Mills is also the co-author of The Four Agreements, which I didn't remember either. And is she ta- not on the not on the cover, is she? Not on this one either, but she is credited uh. everywhere else. I think because Don Miguel is really the main thing, but let me tell you uh, a Is little like bit a about them writer? in a second. No, she's the publisher okay. and okay. editor. So you'll you'll have okay. thoughts on okay. this. But I want you to know that if I were to sum this up in one sentence, mm-hmm. it would be this. You've got to love yourself or you'll never be able to fully love anyone else, baby. Okay, well, I guess that's it for me. This has been Go Help Yourself. No, honestly, we could end it there. Honestly, <laughs> I'm telling you. Currently, the hardcover does not exist. The paperback is $12.88 on bookshop.org. The Kindle is $7.99. The audiobook is not on Libro.fm, but the summary is. But it's $9.99 on Amazon or one $15 credit on Audible, which is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Just bullshit. And on the Overdrive app, depending on your area, it's free. Mm -hmm. So... My very first impressions of this book is that the whole thing is very woo-woo, but it speaks to really practical aspects of relationships. And this is just, it's the exact same tone as the four agreements, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about these philosophical practices, but it does have a practical everyday, what's the word when you apply it? Application. Application. (laughs) Thank you. Those were words and that's my brain. And that's where we are today. (laughs) That feels appropriate to me because that's what relationships and love are, right? Like they're simultaneously intangible and spiritual and sacred, but they're Mm -hmm. also filled with all these tangible challenges. You know, you've got a real life human being in front of you. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Everybody, let's take a deep belly breath for the relationships (sighs) that we're in. Thank you. (laughs) So this book is definitely more theory and philosophy than like a Mm how-to guide. And mm-hmm. it rides that line between practical and woo-woo because, you know, so does life. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> here we are, everybody. The paperback, Lisa, mm-hmm. is 210 pages. And oh, the, I thought you were about to say $210. I was like, didn't you tell me it wasn't that? Nope. It's that kind of book. <laughs> nope. The audiobook is two hours and 33 minutes. And I say, what a gift. Misty, I love that for you. I I, love that for you. Because I'm also reading like a 17-hour audiobook for one of our other episodes and bits and pieces. And it's like, you got it. So you got to balance it out. I'm reading like six books right now because one is like 700 pages. And I I know. And I can't. It's a lot. I can't wait to hear your review on that one. A little tease tease. Yeah, skipping through. It might be a two-parter. I was going to say. It's been a hot minute. So... So when I first picked it up, this is a book that initially feels overly simplistic. Okay. But truly, he Don Miguel Ruiz's whole gift, and I guess Janet Mills, is a is that he's a master of distilling down these very complex things into these almost overly simplistic ideas. And that's okay. I remember having that feeling with the four agreements too. And it occurred to me that I might not have gotten much out of this book five years ago. It's oh. mm-hmm, it's one of those books that might not resonate with you until you've had certain life experiences to look back on and and really go, oh, right, I get it in a deep way. And not just in like little positive nuggets that don't quite make sense, but sound good in theory. That makes me think about Pima Chodron's When Things Fall Apart. Oh, really? Because I, I don't know if you could read that in the midst of like a real upbeat moment and be like, yeah, this is great. But I think you have to have really had your life kind of crumble to understand Mm. and appreciate that book. Yeah. Yeah. And to really wrestle with some of this stuff to go like, oh no, what he just said, it is true. And my Mm -hmm. experience, right? So it's one of those books that I feel like if it's not resonating with you now, stick it on the bookshelf for a couple of years, come Mm -hmm. back to it, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. So about the author's. Don Miguel Ruiz is the best-selling author of The Four Agreements, a New York Times bestseller for over a decade, The Four Agreements companion book, The Mastery of Love, The Voice of Knowledge, The Circle of Fire, and The Fifth Agreement. The teachings of Ruiz are best known for transforming complex human issues into simple common sense, a talent that has earned him millions of fans (laughs) and dollars and international (laughs) acclaim. Janet Mills is the founder and president of Amber Allen Publishing and co-author with Don Miguel Ruiz of six books in the Toltec Wisdom series. Mills is also the creator of the Four Agreements for a Better Life online course, editor of Deepak Chopra's best-selling title, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, and the publisher of 11 world-renowned Seth books by Jane Roberts, which have been credited with launching the New Age movement. Whoa. Yep. Wait a minute. Okay. I thought I Louise Hay was credited. I know. I know. Because I go, well, the New Age all... movement comes out of New Thought, which is like back in the 1800s. It, yes. And then like the modern New Age movement, I thought, was launched by Louise Hay. Right, right, right. Right. That's Hay House Publishing. Who can know? Hey, House. Hey, girl. Okay. So listen. <laughs> Here are the chapters, and they are truly so very short because, my friends, oh, my friends, we have 
13 sections of the book, and this book is 210 pages. So as you can- quick math, but that's like 20 pages a a chapter? Yeah, and also some of the chat, like sometimes my audiobook would be like, chapter five, love yourself, chapter six. And I was like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) So really quickly, here are the chapters. I'm not going to go chapter by chapter because they're so short. We're going to do a quick overview of all of the ideas. This will be a Mm -hmm. short and sweet episode. But here are the titles. Introduction, The Wounded Mind, The Loss of Innocence, The Man Who Didn't Believe in Love, The Track of Love, The Track of Fear, The Perfect Relationship, The Magical Kitchen, The Dream Master, Sex, The Biggest Demon in Hell, now on Fox, 8 p.m. Fridays, (laughs) starring (laughs) Lucifer himself. Oh, a shirtless man who's just stepped out of a pool and puts on a puffy sleeve shirt. Tune in to see what color it'll be. That's how specific my Netflix algorithm has gotten for me. Thank you. The Divine Huntress, Seeing with Eyes of Love, Healing the Emotional Body, God Within You, Prayers, and About the Author. Oh, All right. Are you ready? I'm ready, baby. (laughs) So high on sugar right now. Okay. So (laughs) we have completely switched because I'll tell you what. I had some roasted vegetables with cottage cheese and then some granola with yogurt on top, which I normally hate yogurt, but I was like, do I like yogurt? And it turns out I'm okay with low amounts of yogurt for texture reasons, as long as there's something else in it. So what's who we have switched. Okay, look, if I wanted to hear a woman brag about the health of her gut microbiome, I would watch <laughs> Jody Curtis's, Jamie Lee Curtis's <laughs> fucking Activia yogurt commercials. No. On YouTube, Lisa. I never like yogurt, but all of a sudden I was like, do I like yogurt? I want you to know that 2021 is a whole new era. (laughs) That's what I'm getting. (laughs) For me and my gut. Okay, keep going. Also, I had this thought that like our podcast, I feel like, go help yourself. The first, oh, I don't know, casual 105 episodes or something were very lighthearted and funny and, like, silly. And for me, my experience was delightful. And then everything during the pandemic was, like, we had a much more serious podcast. Well, we all were terrified of dying. Oh, yeah. And now Joe Biden's been president for, like, 14 hours. And I'm like, well, we're back to the jokes, baby. Like, I'm a... (laughs) Don't worry. I'll be bringing it back down in a hot second. (laughs) Oh, good. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Okay. So let's talk about broken relationships. So to begin with, (laughs) thank you. The authors present the same concept that they did at the beginning of the four agreements. And they use this analogy of dreaming to describe our experience of life. So they say that two main dreams exist according to Toltec wisdom. One is the inside dream or personal dream of each individual, and the other is the outside dream or the collective dream of the planet. Our personal dream, and you can think about this like our internal personal experience, right, and our external experience. Our personal dream is unique, shaped by our past experiences, beliefs, and reactions. Within this frame of reference, we are artists who direct the creation of our personal dream by the choices we make to shape our daily experiences. 
The second collective dream is the result of everyone living their personal dream simultaneously and interacting with each other. So this shapes the external dream. Think about this. We dreamt up societies, what those rules are, how they work, what's acceptable behavior, what's not. Like we as a human race have our own external dreams, right? So Ruiz explains how and Mills explain how all emotion and behavior can be divided into two categories or tracks, the track of love and the track of fear. And again, that's a binary, but here we are. When living in the track of love, our thoughts and actions are positive expressions related to love. Think respect, honesty, justice, kindness, compassion, freedom, taking responsibility, etc. Compare this to the track of fear, which is pervasive in the collective dream. Everything done in the track of fear is fear-based. So think guilt, blame, envy, anger, hate, jealousy, sadness. So they say that humans are meant to thrive in the track of love as evidenced by observing the mindset we have at birth. So think about children. When we're kids, we play, create, explore, accept, forgive, and live in the moment. We might get really angry at another kid who steals our toy, but we forgive them almost immediately and we're back to playing with them like three minutes later. So the authors talk about this concept of domestication. Basically, we are taught what's acceptable in society and how we're, exce- we're expected to behave. And this domesticates us instead of being these like wild, feral, loving beings. And through reward and punishment, children quickly learn the rules of the collective dream and we're set on a track of fear. Our innocence is lost as we shape our behavior to play the various roles of sibling, child, and student to avoid punishment and receive acceptance of others by fitting their expectations for us. Through this process, the true self as expressed through the track of love is marred while the artificial rules we create and act out are in the track of fear. Is this making sense so far? You know, it makes sense. Of course, you and I are not fans of a binary. And yes, of course, it's it's more fun to operate out of love than it is out of fear. But, you know, babies, infants, human infants are also born with fears. We are born with the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. So it's not like fears are bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they're saying like when when the majority of your behavior comes from I'm doing this because I don't want to be abandoned or punished or yelled at, it's totally different than being like I'm doing this cuz I love it. I'm, you know, like I'm allowed to be myself and I'm accepted and we learn it's not yeah. really okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm having a hard I'll be honest, I'm having a hard time that I'm kind of like I mean, we're all wired to want to avoid being abandoned. So like... Yeah, and that's the thing. But I do think 100%. But also, if we were constantly receiving reassurance from our caregivers that we're not going to abandon you and it's okay to be how you are, like you can see how that could cultivate love and self-esteem. But, you know, I think so many of us are raised like, don't be loud or you're going to your room or like, don't make a mess. Or if, why did you get a C on your test? You know, like it's all seen as like something bad is going to happen to you. 
if you don't behave a certain way, if you don't achieve certain things, as opposed to like, you're fine. You can get a C and I'll still love you. You can be loud and it's still okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what my resistance is. Sure. I think I'm really feeling a lot of, maybe it's because we're just in month 10 of pandemic where parents are just trying to hold it together. Yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. And I, I think I'm really feeling like, and I think maybe I'm taking it to extreme too, where it's like, it's okay if your parent yells at you. Like, it's fucking okay if your oh, parent yeah. yells uh, at you. Oh, yeah. Totally. And yeah. And this is what I mean about this book being overly simplistic because when we're yes. talking, when we are talking about the vast pressures and relentless messaging of a society that you are not enough unless you have XYZ yes. or look like XYZ. That's why this book is tough because I'm immediately like, oh yeah, that's the collective dream that's influencing yes. us, right? Yes. But yes. also, you know, and also like kids are feral and wild and sometimes you do need to control them for their own safety, you know? And yeah, like- You can't touch a yeah. hot stove. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. Anyway, I also, I don't have kids, so don't at me. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I also, I'm do noting, not have kids. I'm noting my resistance. No, okay. Lisa and I are just too, too childless, free, carefree, completely selfish, always available, self care, never doing. interested in anyone. Bitches. Bitches. Mm hmm. If anybody yeah. turns off the audio recording after that, I don't blame you. So here we go. <laughs> so the authors say that this inability to see the, the truth of who we are is a fog of perception that the Toltecs called a mitote. So same thing that they talked about in the Four Agreements. They say that this mitote clouds our vision so we can't see who we really are. Because once we're domesticated, we forget what it felt like to just be present and in the moment and out of a track of love. And we can't see that we're not free. We create an image of who we should be in order to be liked, loved, and good enough. But this image isn't real. Now remember, this book is called The Mastery of Love. And it's about relationships and mostly about romantic relationships. I just want to remind everyone that this is what we're talking about. So... The act of domestication or learning to fit into the society we've created destroys the self-love and worth that we once knew. Consequently, we seek acceptance and love from others through a fear-based need to feel loved. Simultaneously, relationships become predictably messy when either person presents a false self to match what they think the other expects. And In this context, an authentic relationship cannot exist and makes misunderstanding and conflict almost certain. And it is really scary to show up and be your authentic self, especially when I was younger, when I was, you know, in college or my early and mid-20s. It was like, I didn't feel like I could totally just put myself out there because what if the person I cared about wasn't interested? You know, so this is absolutely a mistake that I've made a million times. And now, now that I'm still 21, just kidding. I hope I never am one of those people who make those jokes. (laughs) Now that I'm in my 30s. On my seventh 21st birthday. Yeah, I just don't have. I can't tell if that means you're 28 or if you are 147. Oh, no, 28. Okay, cool. I was going to say you look really young for that. 
Thank you. Nobody anyway, started. but now as I get older, I'm like, oh yeah, I know where this train goes and I'm just not going to board it. I'm just going to be my yeah. own authentic. So I don't have the time or the energy. It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't work. Anyway, so furthermore, the judge that we now have in our mind creates expectations and judgments of our partners and vice versa. And of ourselves, right? Because we're told you have to be perfect to be loved. And then we don't love ourselves and we don't love those around us. So invariably, we feel let down when our partner fails to meet these expectations. And it's easy to see how conflict and unhappiness result. And we think that if our partners really knew us, they'd know how to make us happy. Yes. I think that's also, that's something that Mark Manson talked about in Love Is Not Enough, his audiobook. Mm-hmm. That we also have an episode on. He talks about this myth of modern love. Like we think that it's not true romance if our if we have to tell our partners how we want to be loved God, or how it's the they. Worst. It is the worst. And by the way, it is not sexy or spontaneous to like write out a list for your partner and say these are things I'd like done for me. These are gifts that I really like to receive. These are phrases that make me feel really good. Like it. I've done that before with the advice of a couples therapist, and it's made me feel like, ugh, is this really like, ugh, shouldn't shouldn't he just be able to read my mind? But let me tell you something. Then I got way more of the things that I wanted and needed to feel loved. I always feel much more intimacy with the person when when I do that. I feel like Mm. I've never done the write down a list. I've done the able to like come back after something was hurtful. Right. And say, like, this is what this is what we're hurtful. Or when somebody says to me, like, hey, that hurt my feelings, mm. I can say, I'm so sorry. Like, help me understand why that was hurtful. And like, help, let's figure out a better thing to say. Yeah. And the truth is, like, it's really vulnerable yeah. either way. And vulnerability is what creates intimacy, intimacy. and connection. Yeah. So we think that if our partners really knew us, they'd know how to make us happy. And it gets us in trouble. But the authors say that all of this is a destructive cycle, and it turns out we're looking for love in the wrong place. Lisa. I mean, there's a whole song about it. Yeah? How does it go? Looking for love in all the wrong places. You don't know this song? Keep looking for it. love in too many faces. You don't. You're young. No, no, I'm no. I was gonna you. Say, you. It going to say it sounds like a 70s song. Wow, Misty, why don't you keep talking? Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I do know that song, but I really like you singing it. Thank you. You're like, keep going. No, I do recognize the melody, but I don't know it, Mm -hmm. know it. That's fine. Most people know it from Eddie Murphy's terrible impression as um, he, he did the impression of from the Little Rascals with that terrible. You are so beautiful. No, let it go. We're we're done. We're done. We're moving on. Lisa, so if we're looking for love in the wrong place, where do you think we should be looking for love? In ourselves. Thank you. Okay, so now they give the analogy of the magical kitchen. Lisa. What the fuck was this? When you said the magical kitchen, I was like, Yeah. Does it make cookies? Does it self-clean? Yep. Like, what is the magical kitchen? Yep. Yep. And there will be a link in show notes where you can have a discount code to your very own magical (laughs) kitchen. It's G-H-Y. Slash G-H-Y. Slash G-H-Y. 
So imagine you have a magical kitchen. And in this magical kitchen, you can spontaneously generate unlimited amounts of your favorite food. Yeah. You are never hungry and you joyfully share your food with others. Wait, am I never hungry because I can spontaneously generate my favorite foods? Or I've been given this magical kitchen and I'm cursed with never being hungry. Okay, I love that that is where your mind went. And ladies and gentlemen, we just got a glimpse into Lisa's soul, the dark crevices of her brain. I love it. It's the former. It's the first one. (laughs) Okay, listen, I I don't trust anything. You're never hungry because your needs are met. Okay, bitch? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So you're never hungry. You're joyfully sharing your food with others. You've got unlimited amounts of your favorite food. And one day, a person knocks on your door and you answer it. Okay. Hello? Hello. I have a pizza. Come on in. I don't need that, but come on in. And I say... I have a pizza, and I will give you some as long as you do what I want. How do you feel about that well, offer? I don't need that because I make. <gasps> okay, <laughs> I see. I see. I see. I see it. I see it. I loved watching your body language change <laughs> during that. So their offer sounds absurd, and you'd never accept it. Because yeah. you have all of the food you could ever need. And your food yeah. not only tastes better, but it's available without any conditions attached. Question. Yeah. What if, say, like, you grew up with, like, a semi-functioning kitchen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the next piece. Okay, okay. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Now consider this scenario with love instead. Within you is all the love you need, and you happily share it with others. Then someone comes along with an offer to be in a relationship. They say, I have some love for you, and I will share it with you as long as you do what I want. I have a love pizza, and I will share it with you as long as you do these things for me. Do you want to rub your butt on my love pizza? And it's like, listen, if rubbing my butt on a love pizza is my kink, then like maybe I do. Is it hot? Is it thin crust? Like, yeah. Like, what it? Like, are there jalapenos? Wet naps after, right? There's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, and that's a conversation for consent, right? Right. So, but basically, like the regular pizza, the offer of the love pizza is useless and would cause unnecessary suffering if you have to do what this person wants to get the love. Right. Or I'd be like, sure, and then the first time it didn't work, I'd be like, goodbye. Yeah, but now imagine that you have grown up really hungry. You have a poor, poor functioning kitchen. Poor functioning kitchen. It's not a muggle kitchen. You have a muggle kitchen. Ooh, ooh, at the Dursleys, but in their shitty guest house. It's in their tiny (laughs) under the stairs. You have an easy bake oven under the stairs and and no tea light candle to make it work. Broken coil. Was it really with a tea light candle? We did that once at, at work. We, we used tea light candles to bake brownies. Oh, my God. Listen. Okay. So I was obsessed you with the Easy Bake Oven. Yeah. And I, yeah. I remember Jesse and I, my friend Jesse, we did a review of 90s commercials. And he was like, oh, yeah, I love how the Easy Bake Oven was like, women, you go make some cakes for your mans. And men, you make some bugs for yourself. Because they had like creepy crawlers. Anyway, yeah, yeah. 
if I have like an only an easy pickup and then somebody's like, do mm-hmm. you want some pizza? I'm like, I will do anything for that pizza. Yes. And they go, but you have to do what I want. And you go, you know what? Like, I will take some it. of that pizza. I'm really hungry. But then you stay there because you keep going like, well, I don't know if I'll find another pizza if I leave. I don't know how long right. it'll be that I'll go hungry. How many people come along and make me feel good with pizza? Yeah. And like maybe there's not any other. Maybe I'll, I'll starve to death before I find the next one, right? So or that's maybe the I'm like, fear. I have a spe- specific kind of pizza I like. I like gluten-free vegan pizza. And this person is offering that. Yeah. So the point is, if we accept and love ourselves, the internal judge inside of us goes away, which actually I disagree with, probably quiets down, Mm -hmm. and we no longer look for another person to make us happy or look look for love outside of ourselves. And it's at this point that if we enter a relationship, it is done so freely without expectation of what the other person must do to satisfy conditions to be happy, our conditions to be happy. Yep, Lisa, she's raising her hands. Uh, Long-time loyal listener, first-time questioner in this episode, not really. So what this (laughs) does is act as if we are in a vacuum and that we don't Mm -hmm. have constant bombardment of media messages, of Mm -hmm. family messaging, Mm -hmm. of incentives by our consumerist and capitalistic society and government that is incentivizing us to get into a relationship and that it is not normal to not be in a relationship. So like, what does the Toltec wisdom say about that? Nada, not in this book. And and the the other thing is, I think the thing that this doesn't acknowledge is that self-worth, self-love, self-acceptance is not, it's not like you can turn on a light bulb. Or take a pill. Or take a pill. And also, I might really accept my strengths in one area and really love myself for certain aspects of my my personality and mm-hmm. really reject other parts of my being. It's not like a one size fits all. It's not like, oh, you suddenly yeah. have self-acceptance. Like it's a journey. Yeah. A lifetime and, journey. Yeah. On like many it's like renovating a house. You can't just be like, oh yeah, I renovated a house. Like you have to be like, okay, how are the pipes in the bathroom? What tile are we going to use in the kitchen? Like there's so many rooms to investigate. So again, overly simplistic, but it is a starting point into this conversation. No, that makes perfect sense. So now something I do like that they include is now you can have all the self-love and acceptance in the world, but you still need to choose a partner who's right for you. Mm-hmm. So the authors say that, of course, there may be many people you're compatible with, but the best match is made by knowing what you want and finding a partner who shares the same goals, values, etc. And they expand on this by saying, consider how we view pets for a moment. Mm-hmm. If we want a dog, we get a dog. If we want a cat, we get a cat. And say we get a dog and the dog performs their half of the relationship perfectly. They're excited to see us when we get home. They don't get bothered if we're having a bad day. And we accept the dog for being a dog. We're happy it acts like a dog, and we don't expect it to behave differently. But if we bought a cat and kept expecting it to act like a dog, we would be continually upset. 
So mm-hmm. this is why we need to accept people for who they are and make sure we're choosing the right partners. Yeah, Which I, I was, really hear that they're calling people dogs and cats. Yes, and men are from Mars and women, women are from, from Venus. Dogs are werewolves and vampires are cats. Which, by, <laughs> which, by the way, we should absolutely cover men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You that was it. like a mega bestseller, and I am telling you, I bet I will just scream during that review. I haven't, I know John nothing Gray. about the book. Oh, I remember seeing him do like a on PBS, like I was flipping through. I remember seeing him talk about it, and he was like, "I know when my wife wants to be romantic because when we go to the movies, she buys a chocolate bar." <laughs> I wish you could. She's see. being decadent. I wish you could She's, see. Lisa has the mm. smuggest facial expression. And I was like, why didn't she just tell you she's down to fuck? Okay. Yeah. Just text you DTFBB. Right. Anyway, DTF here we BB. go. Here we go. And so, yeah, dogs and cats. And yet, if we get with someone and they are not like the person we want or expect them to be, how do we react? Most people react Relief. by wanting, yep, that person, that would be the correct move. Most people react by wanting that person to change. We cannot accept them and how they are, and we want them to be different, but we cannot change others. It is much yeah. easier to get a dog than to expect a cat to act like a dog. But I will say, some I have cats act like dogs. I have dated some dogs who then later were like, kidding, I'm a secret cat, and now you're stuck with me. And I was like, ah. Whenever men say that women act crazy, I remember what my friend Mary Sloan said, and she said, she did not act crazy. She acted based on what she was told, the information she had at the time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like her breaking your car with a bat, maybe you shouldn't have told her she was the only one and then put your dick in several other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with mm-hmm. that. Sometimes it's just a proportional response. It really is. You okay, know? continue. Continue. So... When acting on the track of love with the right person, a relationship can flourish. But you must love and accept yourself first before you can ever fully love and accept another person. And that, my friends, is a brief overview of The Mastery of Love, A Practical Guide to the Art of Relationship, a Toltec Wisdom book by Don Miguel Ruiz and Janet Mills. If you want to learn more about the authors, their links to their websites and the book and everything will all be in show notes. Misty, <sighs> fucking great job. And yeah. I will say, I want pizza. Does anybody else want pizza? So badly. I love pizza. It made me think about that. That pint but of Ben and Jerry's few... that I had for dinner is not really hitting the spot. <laughs> is it not? I don't know why. Misty, I have some questions for you to yeah, no baby. one's surprise. Did this book need to be written? You know... It was published 20 years ago. Okay. And I don't really know the cultural context back then or when. It was when. 2000, so we were Y2K. We all thought we were going to die. Mm-hmm. I actually think it might have been like 99, maybe. But well, we really thought we were going to die. Oh, for sure. And I don't know what the conversation around self-acceptance and self-love mm. was mm-hmm, like back mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. For sure, more thorough books about self-love and like the actual psychology and how to like heal that and those processes have been written since then. But this book simplifies some of those really big concepts and makes them accessible. So I'm going to say, yeah, it did need to be okay. written. Because this book for me 
is a seed planter. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What did the author miss? Did you did the author miss anything? Just kind of what we discussed. Like it felt overly simplistic in some of those yeah. areas, but that's also the strength of the book. Yeah. And it like yeah, takes yeah, this yeah. this philosophical view at fifty thousand feet, and it's not really meant to get into the nitty gritty. And also, it's a Toltec wisdom book, and who am I to say whether the Toltecs right. missed anything in their ancient wisdom? But but you get it. I you do. get it. I do. Yeah. What did you try to put into practice from the book and how did it affect you? <sighs> mm, that's a big sigh. It was. So honestly, I have recently put your butt on love pizza. It's there right now. <laughs> you can't see the bottom of my chair. On a hot anchovy butt pizza. <laughs> Just don't put any pineapples on my butt pizza because I, I can't take it. That's not fair. 2020 was hard enough. Right? <laughs> so I've recently embarked on a journey of trying to find self-love and self-acceptance. Yeah. And it is so hard. Yeah. It is yeah. so hard. It honestly feels like I'm trying to pull like a massive cruise ship with a 10-ton anchor through sand by myself. Wow, that is vivid. Thank you. Thank you. That was podcasting. And it's daunting. So Mm -hmm. reading a book like this, as I'm just trying to become aware of my inner critic and like not Mm -hmm. add judgment about like, no, I'm judging myself for having such a harsh inner critic, you know, like, so reading a book like this and continuing to hear these messages and reinforce the idea that self-love is actually what's necessary for a happy relationship is really helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that you did that. I see how you were talking about like how if somebody hadn't had a lot of life experience, this book might kind of go over their head a little bit, not mm-hmm. in a rude way, but just because it do could they seem like this is the they've... most simple book ever. But it's also like if you've had these experiences, you're like, oh yes, okay. You kind of yeah, fill in like, the blanks. They don't know how little they don't love themselves because they haven't been tested, right? There like, you go. Yeah. When you're young, you kind of feel like, oh, I like myself, right? Like, or you can't admit. Or aren't aware. Oh, it's like and that. And so when that love pizza comes along, you're like, no, I'm choosing it when you're not. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I'll take an extra large. Sounds good. Yeah. He's hot. He's got a full head of hair. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, and it's like that that analogy that, is that what it's called? Anyway, in the book, the symbolism that J.K. Rowling uses in the Harry Potter books where like there's the horseless carriages that take the kids mm-hmm. to the school yeah, and then Harry, yeah, Harry, yeah. Harry finally sees the horses that are driving carriages in like his fourth year, and he can only see them because he's witnessed death, right? He's seen right. dark. He knows death, and it's and one of those Luna things Lovegood where I'm like, too. yeah, yeah. There's like this whole invisible force that you don't see until you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. and I love how Luna Lovegood turns out to be like the wisest person in the whole series. I know. <laughs> so like, thank you. So. With that in mind, who would you buy this book for? Who is it perfect for and who would you not buy it for? Yeah, so I would give this to anybody who's maybe struggling in a romantic relationship or who feels like they're continually not finding the right romantic partner. Because mm-hmm. this book tells us that we have to love ourselves first to, for that to work and points out in more detail than I did here 
some toxic patterns that can happen in relationships when we don't love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that could be really helpful for you to kind of go like, oh shit, that's what's happening. And like I said at the top of this episode, like this book just wouldn't make a lot of sense to someone who's super young and can't resonate with some of the relationships. But I also think it's never too early to hear messages about loving yourself. Yeah, for sure. Misty, do you have a listener challenge? Do you have homework for uh, yeah. listeners to do along along with us and for our uh, Patreon Ooh, yeah. members to see us talk about on our deep dive? Yeah. And I'm actually really excited to, to get into this, like super excited. Is it butt pizza? Everyone's going to make a butt pizza and send us a picture of the pizza with your butt imprint in it, but no. not with the butt. Not suitable no. for work. So no. this isn't actually something from the book. It's not an exercise from the book. Because remember, this is all philosophy. It's not a how-to. Look at Misty busting out. Listen, this we have done hundreds of these episodes. We got to evolve. We got to keep it interesting. That's another song Misty doesn't know. That's correct. Also, I was raised on like the Carpenters and the Beatles. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not not the Beatles, Eddie Murphy movies. (laughs) This is a practice that can lead to more self compassion and more self love. So the next time Lisa and our tiny pocket friends, the next time that you notice a moment where you're feeling badly about yourself or being Mm -hmm. hard on yourself, Mm -hmm. I want you to take thirty seconds. And write down what your inner critic is saying to you at that moment. That's it. That's it. And just take 30 seconds, stop when the timer goes off, you know, and you might stop before that. Tattoo it on my skin or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And across your forehead so everyone can see it. Okay. And just see what he's saying to you. Mm -hmm. And I will go into detail about what happened to me when I tried this on the deep dive as well as other strategies that I've been using to try and cultivate self-love and self-acceptance and what I've kind of bumped into on the way. So if you want to hear that deep dive, head to our Patreon page. Our link is in show notes and we would love, love, love to share this with you. Yeah, and every subscriber at any tier has access to those. Yeah. Oh, Misty, great job. Thank you. Thank you. This was uh, this is an interesting one. Short, yeah. but packed. Short, but yeah, you nailed it. Well, you fucking nailed it, and I fucking love you. I, I fucking love you, man. Fucking love you, too. You know what I can't well, stop saying is from Dumb and Dumber, the the moment where Jim Carrey's like, yeah, so, yeah, so. Can't stop saying it about everything. I hated that movie and didn't watch it. Nana loves that movie. Well, Nana's got a great sense of style. <laughs> With that, may your self-love and acceptance be and acceptance be abundant. I really want to order pizza. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at ghypodcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, (laughs) please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.